Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by Total Beverage. Right now, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners, for you guys. You guys can get $10 off a $50 order or more on the Total Beverage website and app. All you got to do is use the promo code BSN10, BSN10. So if you guys need wine, liquor, beer, spirits, I know you do. I know the demographics of this podcast. Head over to the Total Beverage website, download the Total Beverage app, type in that promo code BSN10. You guys will be all set for this coming week and weekend. Better yet, you don't even have to leave your house because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. I don't do my liquor shopping anywhere but Total Beverage. You should do the same. So check them out on their website or app, totalbeverage.com in the app store or the Google Play Store on Android. Harrison Wint here on a Monday morning. We got a solo edition of the show. I'm sure Christian Clark will be back Tuesday or later this week. But a lot to get to today. I'm going to look at this four-game road trip on a high level, maybe give a grade for how I thought the Nuggets did over this four-game road trip where they went 3-1 and one here. Then also get into what happened in Indiana, one of the Nuggets' worst losses of the season. I'll give you some of my thoughts on that. And then we got two questions from... The Total Beverage Fan Hotline that I want to get to. One, looking ahead to the playoffs, and also one touching on Malik Beasley. How sustainable going forward and in future seasons has his play been this season? He's, of course, been one of the breakout stars for the Nuggets this year. First, though, when looking at this road trip, and it was a four-gamer, Denver went 3-1. and one. I'm going to give this road trip an A-. It would have been an A. It would have been an A-plus with that win 
over the Pacers. And I know it was an ugly loss, but as I'll get into in a little, I don't think it was a bad loss or a loss that's going to set the Nuggets back or a step backwards, if you will, by any means. Denver went 3-1 and in this road trip, and they got a win in Boston to start things off to clinch that playoff spot, of course, an emotional win, an emotional high against the Boston team that came to play. And they certainly remembered Kyrie Irving, Marcus Morris. Those guys certainly remembered what happened the last time those two teams matched up back in Denver when Jamal Murray went for 50 at the buzzer. And no matter if you think that move was right or wrong, you knew the Celtics were going to come in wanting this game. And that's what I heard as well from people around the team. This was one Kyrie Irving and the Celtics had circled on their calendar, but Denver came out and just outplayed, outclassed the Celtics that night. And that was a great win. I thought one of the best ones of the season. And after that, I think everybody was a little worried potentially about a letdown. I thought it was good that Denver had a couple days off, had a couple days off just to regroup and kind of calm themselves after that game to head into Washington where they took care of the Wizards. And then a night later on a back-to-back, they took care of the Knicks in convincing fashion, although the Nuggets didn't even come close to playing anything resembling their best basketball of the season. And then went to Indiana for the fourth game in six nights and got killed. But you know, like I said, I don't think it was the worst loss in the world. So on a high level, I think this was an A road trip. Anytime you can go three and one on a four game road trip, I don't care who you play. It's going to be a success. If you're grading the Warriors on a four game road trip and they go three and one, it's going to be a success. If you grade anybody, any team in this league on a four game road trip and they go three and one, that's probably going to be an A. It really doesn't even matter who you play. The most important thing though, was accomplished, was checked off the list. Denver clinched their playoff spot and they're sitting at 49 wins right now. They're going to cruise past the 50 win mark this year, which is pretty unfathomable. Now, taking a second to reflect on what the preseason expectations were for this team, I had them at 50 wins in the four seed. And just pulling a few media members around, I feel like I was on the high end of the wins projections. A lot of people had him at the 47, 48 range. I had him at 50. And you know what I prognosticated was that the Nuggets were going to get off to a really hot start, which they did. And I thought they'd fade a tiny bit more than they did. I obviously didn't think they'd maintain the two seed and even the one seed at times in the Western Conference over the final three, four months of the season. You know, But here we are. And now it really does look like they're probably going to get the two or the three seed at worst, which, hey, that's a heck of an accomplishment for the Nuggets. Before I jump into what I saw in the loss of the Pacers, I want to hit the Total Beverage Fan Hotline real quick, get to a call from our guy Ranchman. Again, if you guys have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. I love interacting with you guys. I love listening to your questions and playing them on the show. I love getting your perspectives and your takes. So don't hesitate to give us a call. Again, it's 1-800-BSN-8394. If you've never called before, it's just an answer machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a message for the show. Let's go there right now. Hey, Harrison and Christian. It's Ranchman calling Sunday morning before the game against the Indiana Pacers. 
Perhaps you heard uh, an interview that was conducted by Mike Gibbons and uh, Mike Sh- Mark Schlereth uh, with Chris Brassad of Fox Sports as their guest. He stated that he didn't think the Nuggets could beat the Warriors in a playoff matchup, that winning a first-round series would mark a good season, a second-round victory would be phenomenal, but a first-round loss would be a very bad look after being in second or first position in the conference all season. And upon reflection, I really wholeheartedly agree that a first-round exit would be seen very unfavorably, uh, both by the fans and the press. You know, there's no Mike Kliss covering the Nuggets. His approach is more or less as a public relations agent for the Broncos. Losing in the first round would have been considered okay last season, but losing in the first round this season would be an uncomfortable reminder of the George Carl years. You know, back then, uh, he was running the dribble drive offense, very high octane, a lot of fun. And during the regular season, though, there was no defense. And that sort of unbalanced approach just doesn't work in the postseason against a rested and well-coached team. And finally, there's some weak sauce out there being peddled, which has some writers hoping for a Nuggets Clippers series. series. I want the first-round series to be a cathartic experience for the Nuggets. Give me the Utah Jazz. Give me the San Antonio Spurs, both of which have had the Nuggets number over the years. A win over either team would be a tremendous confidence builder for next season when they'll be expected to begin competing for a championship. I'm out. Thanks, Ranchman, for the call, as always. Love hearing from you, man. I did not catch the conversation with Mike Evans, Mark Schlereth, and Chris Broussard. I'm, I'm sure it was incredibly enlightening. Here's what I've got to say about that. Would a first-round loss look unfavorable? Would it be a big disappointment? At the beginning of the season, when we didn't know the Nuggets were going to cruise past the 50-win mark, everybody would have been fine with a first-round loss. I would have been fine with a first-round loss as just an observer of this team. You guys would have been fine with a first-round loss as fans of this team. But it's always really funny and a really fascinating development to monitor how expectations shift and how the narrative shifts around the team over the course of a regular season. And you know, now I agree. The expectations have been shifted. The expectations now have moved from, okay, let's just get into the playoffs to, okay, this team needs to win a first-round series. And I agree with you. I expect them to win a first-round series. And if they do not win a first-round series, it will be a disappointment. But the important thing to remember there, I think, is if they lose in the first round, I don't think the entire season can be characterized as a disappointment. Yes, it will be disappointing if they lose in the first round, but the steps they've taken, the progress they've made this season, I don't think you can look at that as a disappointment if, say, they go seven games with the Spurs or the Jazz and fall in the first round. That's not going to, for me at least, and... I don't think it should characterize the entire season as a disappointment. That being said, I agree with you. The expectation has shifted, and I think it's a healthy shift. And 
a right move to shift the expectations to the fact that this team should win a first round series. So I don't think a first round loss would make it fair to characterize this entire season as a disappointment. But with the current narrative around the Nuggets from the national media that, hey, this team has never been in the playoffs before, they're pretenders, blah, blah, blah. Denver would have to live with that for another full season until they can prove that narrative wrong in the playoffs. That'd be the big downside of that. I would have to disagree with you, though, that a loss would be a reminder of the George Carl era teams that didn't play any defense because this is the Nuggets' first go-around at this. Those George Carl teams with Carmelo Anthony, those teams had been in the playoffs before. Those guys had had playoff experience. We don't know what this team is going to look like in the playoffs when the intensity ratchets up and every possession takes on so much meaning and so much importance. We just don't know how this team is going to react. So I'd push back a little that a loss would remind us and and this team would serve as a reminder to the the George Carl years. I do agree with you, though. It's going to be about will the Nuggets be able to defend in the playoffs? I'm not worried about this team scoring. I think Jokic is going to be an absolute force in the playoffs. I think he's going to have his way with teams. Nuggets are one of the best half-court offenses we've seen in this league over the last couple of years. I don't anticipate that changing in the playoffs. I think Jokic is going to be able to score. He's going to be able to score on the block like we've seen him do time and time again this season against some of the league's toughest defenders. He's going to be able to initiate the offense. I don't anticipate the Nuggets scoring and their offensive firepower being an issue come playoff time, at least in you know the first couple of rounds. We'll see what happens if Denver gets beyond that. But I am with you that defense is probably going to be the deciding factor for this team if they can make a long run. They're a top 10 defense, which is a huge success this season based on where they came from last year. Now we'll see how they look in the playoffs, if they can defend in the playoffs. The fact that they've been able to buckle down when they've needed to this season They've had the best fourth quarter defense by a wide margin in the league throughout most of the season. That's encouraging. That's a sign that this team can play defense and really focus in on their assignments when it matters. Now, will that carry over to the playoffs? We'll see, but I do think the fourth quarter defense and their success, their prolonged success at the end of games on that end of the four all year, that's a good sign uh, moving into the playoffs. But like I said, I'm not worried about the offense and the fact that Nicole Jokic has emerged as a closer here for this team. And we've chronicled that well, both in our reporting on bsndenver.com and on this podcast, that also bodes well for the Nuggets in the playoffs. Finally, your final point here. You want the Jazz and the Spurs in a playoff series? Have at it. I'm probably one of those writers you're referencing, hoping for a Clippers series. I still think that's the best matchup by far for this team. I think that's the one team most of the top seeds in the Western Conference want. Going to San Antonio for a first-round playoff series, that's scary. Utah, that's a tough environment to go in as well. And I would much rather face a Clippers team that I don't think is of the caliber of those Jazz and Spurs bunches. And selfishly, I want this team to win as many playoff rounds as possible because I want to cover this team as far into the playoffs as possible. I want to prolong my season as well. So I'm hoping for the easiest first round series against the Clippers. Look, this is the Nuggets' first time in the playoffs. You know, I don't think this first round series is going to be symbolic of how this team is going to fare in the playoffs for years and years and years. I think an opening round series against the Clippers would be a nice welcome to the postseason for this group. And look, that's 
not even me saying that I think it's a sure thing that Denver is going to win that series. Anything, you know, could really happen. So that's where I stand on that. But thanks for the call as always, Ranchman. Hey, let's hit a break real quick. I want to get into this Pacers game on the other side and also get back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline for one more question about Malik Beasley. If what he's done this season is sustainable and if that is sustainable, what that means for the Nuggets starting shooting guard right now. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by Total Beverage, of course. Harrison Wind here, Monday edition of the show. Solo show today, Christian Clark will be back later in the week. Here's what I think about this loss to the Pacers. I think Denver should just flush this game film down the toilet. Never speak about this game again. Nobody played that well in this game. I thought Nicole Jokic had a nice night. Gary Harris had a nice night. Monte Morris shined in spurts, but I don't think this is the game that anybody on this team wants to remember. And look, that's fine. Denver can have those games. Look, the Mavericks just beat the Warriors by, what, 35 points the other night in Oracle? So these kind of losses happen to even the great teams in this league. Plus, this was on the road against a Pacers team that is really good. Look, we know this Pacers team is a quality opponent. We know they're legit. Yes, they came into Denver, and the Nuggets barely beat them. They beat them by two points. Bogdan Bogdanovich had a shot to win that game at the buzzer, which he almost made. So this Pacers team is good. It's tough to beat them in their house. And this was the fourth game of a four-game road trip, like I mentioned at the top of the show. Remember that road trip Denver had earlier in the season where they went to the East Coast again? They went to the Eastern Conference. Well, actually, they started in Portland, and then they went to Toronto, and then Orlando, and then Charlotte, and then Atlanta. Besides the injuries Denver suffered on that trip, Paul Millsap broke his toe in that game in Charlotte, if you remember. But that final game in Atlanta, that was on the second night of a back-to-back, but it was the final game of a five-game road trip. Nuggets looked dead. Uh, Their legs were dead. Yes, this was a Hawks team that was probably the worst team in the league at the time. Trey Young still hadn't really emerged yet. My guy, Kevin Herter, was still this redheaded shooting guard nobody had heard of. The last game of a road trip, mentally, physically, it's exhausting. And I think you saw some of that in Indiana. I mean, the turnovers were ridiculous. Denver had two turnovers on their first three possessions. That kind of set the tone for this one. Uh, The Nuggets with 17 turnovers on the night, leading to 25 points for Indiana. 
that to me was the game right there. I know the Nuggets didn't shoot the ball well at all. Another sign that they were a little tired on the fourth game of a long four-game road trip. But the turnovers for me were, were where this game was decided. I mean, coming off a performance in New York that was one of Denver's best of the season in terms of hanging on to the ball. Denver had just one turnover in that first quarter, if you remember. I tweeted it out at the time. I believe that's tied for their fewest amount of turnovers in a fourth quarter this season. And against the Knicks total, you know, Denver really held on to the ball. They did a great job. The Nuggets only had eight turnovers in that game. I mean, anytime you're turning the ball over less than 10 times, I'd say, you're probably going to win that game. And for the Nuggets, we've seen that as a qualifier and a signal if Denver's going to win the game that night. The Nuggets are 25-10 and 10 on the season when they have fewer turnovers than their opponent. Denver had 17 in Indiana. The Pacers had 11. To me, that was the game. Jamal Murray had four turnovers. He did not do a good job of hanging on to the ball. Will Barton, he had four as well. Mason Plumlee had three. Jared Vanderbilt, I, I don't know if you can really count those turnovers or really harp on those that much. He had two turnovers in his nine minutes. Uh, Torrey Craig had one. Malik Beasley had one. Pretty much everybody on this team had one except for Monte Morris. Uh, so a par for the course there. Gary Harris, who also had one of the better outings from a Nuggets perspective, did not give the ball away either. But you know, Denver just didn't take care of the ball, didn't hold on to the ball. I thought that was really the main difference in the game. The overall theme I had from this one, though, is Nuggets have to be more consistent. And it's been a theme around this team for much of the season. Great teams in this league. They're consistent. They bring it every night. Now, they still might not bring it on the fourth game of a four-game road trip, but I think you guys get what I'm saying here. And I think it's a characteristic of this team, and once Denver gets over that hump, I I think this team is going to really take off. And young players tend to be inconsistent, and young players especially tend to be inconsistent on the road. Denver has a lot of those guys on their team, of course. When Jamal Murray becomes consistent, if he ever becomes really consistent, he's going to be an all-star. But too many times from Jamal Murray, you see box scores in back-to-back nights that look like what he did against the Knicks. And then the Pacers. Friday against New York, he plays 33 minutes, shoots 7-16 from the field, an okay mark from him, 1-6 from three, not what he had hoped to be shooting there. And I mean, Jamal Murray is in a bit of a slump from three-point range here. Over his last six games, Murray is shooting six of 30 from three-point range. So he's in one of those valleys when it comes to his three-point shot this year, kind of like we saw him get off to at the start of the season. But, you know, I think he'll come around. He's got to have more consistencies to his game, though. You know, especially as a guy who's playing, ideally, 30 to 35 minutes for this team on a nightly basis. That's his next big step as a player. He's shown he can shoot the ball, although he might not be shooting it consistently yet in his career. We've seen him take over fourth quarters before. We've seen him put the nuggets on his back, scoring-wise. We spoke about this on the podcast when he's on. The Nuggets are arguably the best team in the league. When he's off, the Nuggets are still a really good team, but they don't reach that pantheon of the Warriors of the world, the Bucks of the world. They need Murray clicking on all cylinders and being consistent with his play to be in that tier. The Nuggets need more consistency from Will Barton as well. I did not think this was a particularly good game for Barton. I think he'd say the same. Defensively, 
you know, nobody on the Nuggets roster really played well on that end of the floor, I thought. Just too many mental mistakes from really everybody up and down the roster. Mental mistakes that this team didn't make as often in Boston and in Washington on the first couple games of this road trip. I think that's probably just a sign of mental fatigue of four games and you know, a week and a half uh, away from home. But I didn't think this was a good defensive game from Denver's guards. They certainly didn't do a good job of keeping Pacers ball handlers in front of them. Indiana, I mean, they just got into the paint at will. They got past Denver's first line of defense, and you know, Denver's interior guys didn't offer much resistance at the rim. Case in point, Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, 13 to 16 from the field, 5 to 6 from 3. 35 points for him, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. One of the best individual offensive performances of the year against Denver. He did it all in 26 minutes. Didn't even need to play half of the third. Didn't even have to play the fourth quarter at all. Uh, He made quick work of Denver and Gary Harris, Will Barton, Malik Beasley, whoever was guarding him on this night. Nicole Jokic, I thought he had a nice night. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 blocks. He's had a couple nice defensive performances here when it comes to blocking shots. He had a couple of really nice blocks against uh, the Celtics, but you know, he could have done more for sure. I think if you even ask him, he wouldn't say this was one of his better games, but he fared well against Miles Turner uh, like he normally does. But overall, like I said, just more consistency, quarter to quarter and game to game is what this team needs to really firmly get to that next level. Gary Harris had one of the better nights from a Nuggets player, five of six from the field, 11 points. He's a native of Fishers, Indiana. I'm sure he wanted to show out for some hometown fans he had there. Probably got to get Gary Harris more than six shots in this one. And I mean, Gary's super unselfish, but Denver's got to find a way to get him more looks when he's feeling it like he was. He had a couple really nice drives to the rim, a couple acrobatic moves around the hoop. It seems like he's really rounding into form here. Other than that, though, you know, not a ton of great performances from this team. So a poor way to end the road trip. But like I said, I still give the Nuggets an A- minus for what they did over those four games. Clinching the playoff berth in Boston in dramatic fashion in a close game there was a great way to start. And you know, Denver took care of business. They just couldn't really keep that consistency going through that fourth game in Indiana. I want to get to one more question on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about Malik Beasley. First, though, a quick message from Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee, it's a game-changing coffee, and this is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. If you're not familiar with them, check them out. Their reviews are incredible. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. Uh, Literally, you name it, Strava Craft Coffee has helped people in a lot of ways. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. Personally, I cannot recommend it anymore to listeners of this podcast. If you guys want to check it out, you can receive 20% off your order of Strava Craft Coffee when you use the promo code BSN2019. That's BSN2019 at checkout, and you can get it shipped straight to your door. So again, for your order of Strava Craft Coffee for 20% off, use promo code BSN2019 at checkout and you can get it shipped straight to your door. Without further ado, let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Hear from EJ with a question about Malik Beasley. Let's go there right now. Hey, Denver Nuggets fan base. This is EJ Holloway from Jacksonville, Florida. 
Uh, being a Jacksonville native, I may be the one and only Denver Nuggets fan around. I know it's a slight exaggeration, but this could be a fact. Now, um, you guys haven't heard from me since before the All-Star break. There's been nothing to talk about. There's been no questions to ask. We have 49 wins. We've been swip-swapping with Golden State between the second and first spot in the West. Uh, we are um, a clinched playoff team along with Golden State. Uh, Milwaukee and Toronto. Um, it, this is an exciting season, um, and these Nuggets are golden. My question for you guys today is regarding Malik Beasley, um, who has totally put this team on his back a lot of games this season in the fourth, uh, just draining threes. His three-point percentage has gone up immensely from last year to this year. I'm extremely proud as a Nuggets fan, so much so that I, I'm putting my money on Malik. Gary Harris has been injured. I wouldn't say that he's injury-prone. That would be a huge exaggeration. Love this Michigan State Spartan. But our Florida State guy, Malik Beasley, who to thunk it? Uh, he's a strong role player. That's his, that's his label right now. In the future, how long do you think it would take, guys, for his defensive prowess to, um, to, to blossom? How, how high do you think Malik Beasley can go, and do you think he can sustain this three-point percentage uh, while exerting his aggressive energy to the defensive end of the floor? Um, he's great in the half-court offense. He is complimentary to Jokic ball. You can't go wrong with him. Uh, tell me, is there any reason why if Gary Harris continues to be injury-prone, if he shows out and becomes trade bait, not to trade him, not next season, maybe not the season following, but – uh, Malik Beasley is a, a prospect, and he could be gone, um, you know, if if we continue to settle with, with Gary. And I love Gary. Defense is great, but uh, you've seen him dwindle this year, and I'd like to see Malik Beasley possibly at the two starting for these Denver Nuggets. Hey, AJ, thanks so much for the question, man. Good to hear from you again, and yeah, it's been funny. There's been no drama surrounding this team. There's been drama everywhere else in the league, but there's been no drama in Denver. They're just... You know, playing spike ball and, you know, cracking jokes and winning basketball games. It's been a heck of a year for Malik Beasley. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I certainly didn't. Here's what Malik Beasley's done this season if you guys aren't familiar. 11.4 points per game in 24 minutes, shooting 48% from the field, 31.3% from three, 91% from the line. He's on pace to become the Nuggets' all-time leader in effective field goal percentage if he keeps this pace up. So it's a snapshot of what Malik Beasley has done this season. It's been a breakout season for him, no doubt. I want to slow everybody's roll on the Gary Harris slander. Maybe slander is not the right word, but I want to slow everybody down on jumping to the conclusion of, you know, if Malik Beasley's breakout should push Gary Harris out of town. I will say that Malik Beasley coming onto the scene like he has done this year, has made Gary Harris a little more expendable than he might have been before Beasley's emergence. I still don't think Harris is expendable by any means, though. He's a much better defensive player than Malik Beasley. Malik still has a lot of faults defensively. Gary is arguably the best defender on this team. I think one of the better perimeter defenders in this league, pound for pound, when he wants to be, that is. And Malik has a ways to go on that end of the floor. It's been a trying season for Gary Harris. All these injuries have been tough. He's had a bunch of nagging things like this throughout his career. 
And I think now he's finally right, really for the first time since potentially the very early part of the season. So I think you might be seeing some big games from Gary Harris coming soon. However, you're right that Malik Beasley has shown what he can do as a starter in this league. I mean, like I just rattled off, he's had a good offensive season. When you look at what he's done as a starter in increased minutes, when Malik Beasley is averaging around 31 and a half minutes per game, his averages bump up to 15.9 points. His efficiency skyrockets. He's shooting 55% from the field as a starter in 18 games, 50% from three on six three-point attempts per game as a starter, 2.6 rebounds, one and a half assists. So his numbers look great in the starting lineup, and I see why that makes a lot of you guys feel like he could be a starter for this team long-term and consistently. I think he could be a starter for a lot of teams. He could probably start on 15 teams in this league right now. And what's his ceiling? What's his potential? I think it's a 20-plus point-per-game scorer. I think Gary has that potential too. Gary just hasn't been right this season, and you know the Nuggets don't really need him to score 20 points. A lot of those points for Malik Beasley, if you remember, those came when the Nuggets were without three or five starters. They needed him to score. I maintain that if Gary Harris was on the Pacers or in the Eastern Conference, he probably would have averaged 20 points per game already in his career. So going back to what I said earlier, Beasley's play, it makes Harris more expendable than he was before this kind of breakout run from Malik, but I don't think the Nuggets should be in a hurry to try to insert Beasley into this starting lineup full-time and move on from Gary by any means. I think we still haven't seen this team with everybody healthy, with everybody clicking, and personally, and I think the Nuggets feel this way too, they want to see what this team can do in the playoffs. This current conglomerate of players before they do anything too drastic. I think they'll roll this bunch back next season. And then maybe after that, you got to see what you can do with Malik because it's going to be tough to keep everybody around here a long term. You forget how good Gary Harris is when he's healthy. And you've seen glimpses of it here over the past couple months. Defensively, though, he's leaps and bounds above where Malik Beasley is right now. Malik is really good as an on-ball defender. He's strong. He's athletic. He can stay with a lot of people in this league. It takes a lot of reps. It takes a really high defensive IQ to be a complete defender, to be the help side defender as well that Gary Harris is. And that's probably the biggest difference between the two right now. But it's been a great season for Malik. Can he keep this up? For sure. He can definitely keep this up from the field and from three. He's got a picture-perfect jumper. I've written a lot about the improvements he made over the offseason, hiring a new trainer, the hours and the thousands and thousands of shots he got up over the summer months to correct his form. And you never see really Malik Beasley miss ugly anymore, like he did last season. He's usually only missing long or short, which is the sign of a good shooter. And I expect him to continue to be that good shooter, really, for Denver throughout the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Thanks for the call, EJ. And I want to remind you guys, if you do have questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. It's the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I believe that's all the time I've got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciated your questions. Good questions there. I enjoyed getting into those subjects for sure. Uh, give us a call for... Tuesday show. Uh, for Wednesday show, the Nuggets host the Pistons on Tuesday. I think that should be one that Denver gets. 
Remember what Detroit did to the Nuggets not too long ago in Detroit? It was not pretty. Denver went into Detroit on the road, got pummeled. They lost 129-103. The Nuggets will be looking to avenge that loss on Tuesday. We'll see how they do. We'll be back with another episode to recap that one. Talk with you guys then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.